Welcome to the Hillside Podcast. We trust that you'll be impacted by listening to today's message. Morning, Hillside and all our viewers. It's good to be meeting with you again. Um, trust that you've had a good week. Um, I know that it's, it's been tough for some people, but uh, I'm trusting that today that our hearts would be touched by Jesus, that uh, we might know him better today. And uh, if you're wondering what's going on with my face, uh, it's just uh, sun, sun damage from when I was a kid and I'm having treatment done. So hopefully you won't be drawn to that. Uh, but uh, yeah, just a little announcement that all kids better put sun cream on in the future so that you don't look like me. Anyway, guys, yeah, we, we at Hillside uh, love, love who we are. We've... We've been saying for years that uh, we are the church, and it's not the building. Although this building is an amazing venue, it's an incredible facility for us to, to have community, to have bras. We've got little heroes going on. We've got uh, dance school going on here. We distribute food from here. We've got Ikosasa um, Letu, who's based here. We've, we've got so many things. We've got... Um, just uh, that this facility allows us to have. But we, we say that we are the church, not the building, not the facility. And today, our main focus is always going to be on Jesus and his kingdom, his bride, and how we interact with him and how we go forward. This venue is used for preaching, and uh, that is one way of bringing the gospel and talking about Jesus. But another way is practice. So we we preach it, but we should be practicing it. And today, we're going to practice what it means to bring the gospel. And um, today, we all know that the world needs the kingdom of God. And it is good news that we should be bringing to the world. And hopefully today, we will be able to bring good news to the world, a world that does seem to be in turmoil, upside down with what's going on with COVID-19, but also uh, uh, racism and how that has affected so many of our lives and it affects all of our lives. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to have a conversation uh, which hopefully focuses us back on Jesus and the mm -hmm. reconciliation that he brings all mankind to himself, that he reconciles all mankind. That was his purpose. He, he wanted to share his love with us and tell us how much the Father loves each and every one of us. And uh, in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16, it says, I will regard no man after his flesh or from a worldly point of view. And uh, so hopefully we'll be able to reflect that, that sometimes we don't do that. Sometimes we do regard one another after the flesh or a worldly point of view. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's not right because in Christ, uh, we don't regard each other after the flesh, but rather we see high value in, in ourselves because Christ saw us, that, that, had so, that, he, that we had so much value that he would die for us. So I hope hopefully today in our discussion that we have, we'll be able to bring that across. Uh, I'm sure that we're going to make some mistakes mm -hmm. and please forgive us, uh, have grace for one another and for you that are maybe viewing at home, Let's, uh, let's, let's have grace for one another. Mm -hmm. let's, uh, let's pursue love before anything else. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, one of the things that really struck me when I saw a video of Heidi Baker is that she said, love looks like something. And today, hopefully, 
we're going to display what love looks like by having open and honest, transparent, and real conversations so that I can love my brother and sister the way that they should receive love from me. So that's what we're going to pursue today. We're excited for it. We're nervous for it. Um, I don't think any of us here are not nervous. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a topic that has been going on for many, many years. Um, from the beginning of time almost, you know, and I think the one thing that we really want to get to is that uh, in the kingdom there is a solution. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is Lindor, he's going to introduce himself, and this is Jilly, who's going to introduce herself just now, and uh, we're going to have a discussion, and it's just the start of, of hopefully uh, some open conversations that we're going to have as a church and hopefully it'll inspire the rest of us mm. to have open and transparent real conversations with one another. So Lindo, why don't you, you introduce yourself, give us a little bit about your history mm. and then Jilly if you could do the same sure. after. Okay. I'm Lindo Tembo and also I'm a Christian. So Amen. I will just uh, introduce myself. Okay, I I grew up at Kumapumolo in a valley where is is in the place whereby it's very difficult, you know, to 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 have or to understand or to have an opportunity to 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 understand the 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 word of God properly. You know, whereby there is so much teaching. And so I grew up there, you know, and then by God's grace, then I moved from Gamapumolo, and then I went to stay at uh, Oswatin, one of the places whereby I was able to understand more about God and also um, to know how much he, he loves me. Yeah, but another thing that I will say, as Lindogusham Temple, as a black man, you know, in the kingdom of God, I take this, I take that as an opportunity, you yeah. know, that has been granted, you know, um, to me to know uh, about my about my identity, yeah. and also uh, to know God's love, and also to experience the power of the gospel. Wonderful, you know, and also to understand other other races, mm. yeah. yeah, and yeah. because. Being in the kingdom of God, it helps you understand more about other people, and it also makes you understand, you know, um, how how it's like to live in the kingdom. You know, yeah. that's what I can say now because now I can easily say that I, uh, I have a better understanding of a white man <laughs> because of the power of the gospel. Wonderful, yeah. you yeah. know, because only the power of the gospel that changes our mentality and how we think about other people. That's Only fantastic. the power of the gospel that changes a black man in such a way that is able to treat a white man as, uh, with respect and dignity. You know, Only the power of the gospel that changes a white man to treat a black man with dignity and respect. Mm. Fantastic. So, yeah. Good. That's me. Thanks, Linda. I must say that, as I was saying earlier, you are a man that carries grace so beautifully, and 
thank you for being here. It's good to have you with us. You have a great understanding of grace, and it's it's our privilege to have you here. So, thanks for that, Jilly. Will you want to introduce yeah, yourself? Me. Yeah. Hi, Hillside. I'm Jilly. Um, I grew up in Westville, and uh, after my mom's a domestic worker, so after she, the lady that she worked for, all her kids had kind of um, gone off to school and kind of carried on with their careers. We then had to move around a lot and now have the opportunity of living in Hillcrest. And I have been with Hillside for three years now, but uh, my journey with God, I think, started when I was five or six years old. And I can lovingly and clearly say that I am a child and a daughter of God. I am created in His image um, for a purpose by Him and also to show the world of how God's diversity looks like and what His love looks like as well. And really by the same token, using that to shine that on other people and other races as well. That's yeah. great. Thank you, Jilly. That's awesome. So Linda, why don't we start off by, let's just jump straight in and, and tell me what uh, what, when there are times when you have experienced racism, even within the church? Okay. I, I must say I have experienced uh, uh, racism in the church, you know, you know, uh, in different ways, yeah. I might say. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I will just share maybe two stories and then mm -hmm. you will maybe have a proper understanding that uh, racism is not only for white people. Even black people, they do have racism. We, 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 we do things to, to, to other black folks in a different way that shows how racist we are to each other as blacks. It's not a matter of white and black having racism, mm -hmm. you know, and because of, uh, yeah, it is racism is an outcome of our sinful nature, I must say, you know, and then, yeah, because sin tells me not to think, not to think about other people, to think more of me, you know, this is a sinful nature, but let me just go straight and share my stories. So in my former church, there was the youth pastor, okay, let me say, a white youth pastor. <laughs> so, so he, he asked me, you know, to, to, to come and work for, for him and come and do a, the gardening. The, yeah. So, and I went there and do the gardening and they, they, there is something that opened, two things that happened in that day that opened my mind, you know. So during tea break, they called me and in, in my mind, I was just thinking that, that how are they going to make, you know, this tea break, you know, like, how are they going to make tea break for me? Because, you know, I, I, I had other experiences whereby you will see, uh, we'll have a person whereby we'll just make something for you with a different dish or with different play that is put aside, mm. you know, and then I was just having that in my mind. And, and then he called me inside and remember that I was busy doing gardening. And then, and then he called me inside and then I went there. I went inside and I just stand, you know, and he said, you may sit with us at the table. Wonderful. And, uh, 
<laughs> what is going on here? And then I sat down with them. And then I wait. Or I, I wait. I waited. And then he said, you can dish what you, you want to have, you know. We want dish food for you. So, and that opened my eyes and say, no, this is the power of the gospel that changes Wonderful. a white man to see a black man as valuable as he is. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, sure. and I, I wonder, that. I wonder, I wonder how many of us white people would have done that. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. But yeah. it's, it's a wonderful story of, yeah. of the kingdom and the gospel. Yeah. And I, I, I sat down and I ate as much as I can. <laughs> as you know, then people that are skin, they Where do you they put eat, it? <laughs> they eat too much. So, yeah, and yeah, I ate as I can. And then I went back and to continue doing uh, the gardening and when the time comes for me to, to, to leave, there was a question in, that was in my head that, where am I going to bath? I was scared to ask, to ask them, to be honest. And what happened is that his wife called me inside the house with dirty clothes and and she said to me, she asked me the question, would you like to bath before you leave? And then it takes me some time to answer that question. And I said to her, I would love to bath. But I, I didn't come with towels, you know, and, and soap, you know, to, 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 to bath. Mm -hmm. So I was, how am I going to bath? That was another question that, <laughs> And then he called me to their bathroom. And she said, you can use this towel, you know, you can use this soap, you can, you can bath in our bathroom. And, and that, it made me realize that, yo, that's the beauty of the power of the gospel. Wonderful, yeah. And then, then I bathed. <laughs> then, then I left. Sure. Okay. And that, Lindo, can I ask you, yes. just hold the other story for a moment. All right. Can we move on to Jilly and maybe Jilly give her, us some of her experiences yeah. and we can come back to you All if right. you don't mind. Is that okay? No, it's okay. Cool. It's okay. Jilly? Okay. Um, for me, in the church, I wouldn't say it's, racism that I've experienced, I'd say possibly a racial insensitivity that yeah. I've experienced. And just to be clear, it's not here at Hillside. And it's something that Hillside could be very susceptible to because yeah. you think that you are just saying something because you, you're saying it for the sake of saying it, but it could really be insensitive to somebody else. Um, what my experience has been is just related around band and, and what I sometimes call a token black friend. So, or you like kind of trying to get quota in place as well. So 
the church that I've been to before, they said to me, oh no, you should join the band because we need a black person to show diversity. Yeah. And I was like, for me, diversity isn't just black and white and colored and Indian. Diversity is age and kids and, and sure. older people. That, that's, that's another form of diversity as well, which, I mean, thank goodness that I can actually sing because <laughs> it would be terrible if I couldn't sing and I had to just like sing yeah, terribly over sure, the congregation. Sure. But um, that's where I would say the racial insensitivity is, is saying, no, we just want to like, it almost, it comes across as you trying to show face and that you don't value the person yeah. for their gift and their talent. Mm. And it's just that we just want to kind of filter somebody mm. in. And that can really, I mean, for me, it really, really hurt me deeply. Sure. And if you are battling with insecurities, I mean, we all battle with our own insecurities yeah. already. And that can be an add on to that insecurity mm. as well to say, oh, do, do they really want me to join band? Like I, that was one of the things that I had coming in here sure. at Hillside as well is I started off with choir and I was like, okay. And then it, it starts to make you also think, okay, there aren't any black people in the choir. There aren't any black people on stage worshiping as well. So it starts to almost condition that mentality and that thought in your head yeah. where it's no longer your God-given talent. It's now based on the color of your skin. Sure. And when I was asked here at Hillside as well, I was like, okay, I just need to be very, very mm. careful and just need to be willing to hear the words that are being said. And it's very important that we aren't placing people in positions just because of the color of their skin, but really mm. to honor the talent and the, and the gift that mm. they have as well. Mm. And that's just really where the insensitivity has been or saying, oh no, you should come to this church meeting mm. or you should go and say hello to this black person or Jilly, you would really like this black guy because I mean, he's black too. And it's like, maybe I, I, I don't really gel with that person. Mm. So sure. you, you can't, so that's where like the racial insensitivity mm. comes in. and. <clears throat> Honestly, the heart behind it, I'm pretty sure, is very, very genuine, and it's not meant to be malicious or to hurt. But mm. the the way that it's said, and just I, I think like it's nobody actually intends to offend, but that it comes with an offence as well because mm. of the differences in races and obviously the disparity from the past as well. And it starts to make, personally for myself, and I, I can't speak for all black people, but it starts to make you feel like, well, Ed, do I really have a talent or is it just because they're just trying to fit in quota sure. and to create this, this mm. facade of diversity? So help me understand a little bit more. So if, if, I, um, if I were to ask you to be part of um, the band mm -hmm. and I didn't mention your skin color, would it? Would you feel comfortable in saying? Yeah. Uh, are you just asking me to be part of the band because of my skin color? I, I did. I, this is what was one of the things that I had said okay. to. I think it was Caleb at the time. Sorry, Caleb, for dragging <laughs> you in, but it was Caleb at the time because yeah. he said to me, "Yo, you got like such a." a spirit-filled voice and you was like, you'd be so good for the choir. And I said, I hope it's not because I'm black and it's because like yeah. I've got a talent. Yeah. And usually the way that I would say something like that is to, it comes across very jestful, but there's actually like, I really want an understanding because okay. usually from jest, you can actually get where a person's coming from. Yeah. And Caleb's response was like, no, like you really are talented. So just come join the band and yeah. stuff. And, and then also there was no special treatment. It was like, you join the choir, you, you then come to band practice. You're not automatically in the band. You come to band practice. Yeah. You know, your mic is muted half the time. And then, <laughs> and then eventually um, yeah. you get an opportunity to then lead. And I mean, now there's a transition of me getting me to a space of leading worship mm. as well, which Brad um, has really worked really hard. For. We've been working hard at doing that. And then obviously the pandemic then hit as well. Yeah. But I think 
just to be sensitive to that. I mean, it's vice versa for me as well. I could easily say, hey, Rog, can you just be part of this? Because, you know, like you're white and it would just make so much sense for you to, to just say this quickly. So it, it's a vice versa thing. So I think we just have to be aware of like racial sensitivity. And yeah, and yeah that's just really my experience mm. um, in the kingdom yeah. of racial insensitivity. Sure. So, Lindo, let me ask you a question, about a kingdom question. And it's uh, when you experience um, race, racism directed at you, how do you respond? How do you feel firstly? What, is, what goes through your heart when, you, when somebody uh, separate, brings you separation due to the color of your skin? Mm. How do you feel and firstly, and how do you respond? I would say I feel inferior. You know, and also I will uh, ask myself, does this person a really a Christian or what is happening, mm. you know, in his or her life, mm. you know. But what, what I normally do, I don't react in the, uh, you know, at the same time. Mm. Uh, um, I give my, myself. I give myself time. You know, I give myself time to to to, to think about what happened in my, mm. what has happened in my life, and also um, I will try and find someone to talk to and find, you know, his his or her inside about what happened. You know, mm. and before I confront that person, because at the same time I don't want you you know to I don't want to do something that will make that person feel like unacceptable to me or un to feel uncomfortable, you know. But once I have answers that shows that is, that, that is being racist, then mm. yeah. I will come to the person and talk to him that, you know what, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like what happened, you know. Yeah. But I, I do believe that there are some norms that we step with in the kingdom and we don't get rid of them because we, 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 we don't realize that how bad they are mm. until we have people that come and, uh, come and talk and talk about that. Um, I will say one thing that I'm uncomfortable with. Aslin the Muslim term, you know. So there is that thing, I think it's a norm. It's a norm. Like, I'm black. You know, and then you you find Mr. Roy, <laughs> and then I'm so glad that you you you, you know I, since I know you and I, you, you 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 never did what I'm going to say, you, you, you know. So it's like that when you come across with like a white person, and then we'll uh, he or she will do this what I can call a fake smile, like. <laughs> Fake smile. Yeah, uh, yeah, I will, yeah. So that to me yeah. is like, yeah, is how he has been taught yeah. when he is coming across with a black person yeah. to yeah. do like that. Yeah. And what is, he, what is his or her expectation mm. of me mm -hmm. after that? I know, we, we spoke about this the other day, that yeah. um, 
I feel like the, the, the issue behind this is uh, uh, not being genuine. Mm. So, yeah. so there's, there's an insensitivity to the fact that actually I do see value in you. Mm. And if, if I'm being fake and, and mm. not truthful, I think it is easily picked up. Mm. And mm. I think that if we're going to be vulnerable and honest, let's be honest, you mm. know. Let's, uh, let's talk about things and not just brush things yeah. over and just try and be mm. disingenuous. Mm. Do you feel that, Julie? Okay, so I've had this question, we've had this discussion in our office about the, we call it the white people smile. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and this is coming I'm from... I'm sorry, a, <laughs> I, can't, I can't help it, this I is, smile. So, I mean, it was, so there's a blogger on Facebook, he's called the Joe Burger, and, and what yeah. he was doing a lot over the last two years was saying, black people um, asking for white people, why do you do X, Y, and Z? Yeah. And a lot of white folk were like, yes, why do you guys do this? And then white people, why do you do, black people okay. want to know why you do the white people smile. Yeah. And, and you were like, oh my goodness. So I was asking my friends and colleagues and I was like, why, what happens? Like, wh and she said to me, Jules, honestly, it's not intentional. We are so awkward within ourselves when we're meeting someone that we don't even know what to do as well. It's just like, mm. and then it's like, okay, do I, do I say hello? Do I leave? Do I, do I stay? What happens? Whereas with, with mm. black people, the culture is if I walk into a room, I'll like greet everyone mm. and be like, hi, and then walk out again. Whereas uh, whether I know you or whether I don't know you from a bar of soap. And then mm. also when you walk, if I walk past Lindo, I'll look at him in the eyes and say, hi, how are you? Mm. Like within maybe three, four words, we've already asked each other. We know that mm. I know Lindo is fine. He's mm. good. He's having a good day. He's having a bad day. And that's the exchange like with black people. And then she was like, honestly, Julie, it's, it's not meant as an offense. And she's like, but I'm going to work on that, though. Yeah. We are mm. genuinely smile. And she's like, yeah. that explains it. And I was yeah. like, what? She's like, sometimes some black people just like look at, they smile at me. And then they're like, oh, then they walk away. And she's like, and I never understood what it was. Mm. And I was like, no, it's that smile because it comes across disingenuous. Mean, meanwhile, mm. maybe that's not your intention. So Linda, hopefully mm. that answers that. But I'm yeah. not speaking for all white folks yes, though, yeah. as well. Yeah. That's what yeah. she said. I don't know whether that's your experience mm. as well. With I think, I think there, there is a lot of truth to that. I think yeah. that a lot of white people don't really know mm. what, mm. How, to, how to cross the... the the color barrier, yeah, you know, yeah. they don't know how to do that. So, so the the thing that you're experiencing is not that they want to be disingenuous. I think mm. they just don't know. Mm. And I think that is a, a good starting point yeah. for us to how do we cross that? You know, yeah. how do we how do we be kingdom in this? How can we see value in the person mm. and put away cultural norms from color? Mm. And actually, what is the kingdom culture that we we're after here? Yeah. And that is to value one another to honor one another and to, to get to know them and get to know their true self. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then just in terms of experiencing racism and how that makes me feel, I think it, it hurts, it really does. And for me, it's, it, it's such a deep-rooted pang of a hurt because I cannot for the life of me fathom how a person can hate another person based on the color of their skin. Mm. It, it, it's, it, it baffles me. It's just the sure. most ludicrous thing that I can yeah. ever, ever. And I think because of the way that my sisters and I have been raised is to judge or, or to, to see people from their character 
um, before the colour of their skin. Yeah. And that's how we have been raised. Yeah. So for me, it's just like a mind boggle. It's almost like I short circuit when I <laughs> experience it. And it really yeah. hurts me deeply. It's almost like you're having a whole bunch of emotions within like nanoseconds as well as you're oh. encountering racism. Because mm. you, you know what it is. It's very blatant. And also there, there can be undertones of, of racism as well that can happen. Um, where a person doesn't outwardly just say what they want to say to you. Sometimes they're brave enough to just say that racial remark as well. And it really, really hurts. And it's then, one of the things that usually helps me is saying, okay, this is God's child. And I'm not dealing with all of this. <laughs> Jesus, this is your son, this is your daughter. I have no time for these shenanigans. And that's majority of the time what, what helps in that process as well, because I've, have to, I've had to come to the reality and come to the place where I reconcile with God that this is your child. And they have, he hasn't necessarily created us to be racist, but like Lindo said, through our sinful nature, that's how racism has come as well. So it's just like, Lord, I'm leaving this person up to you. Mm -hmm. And I, I never really respond or retort back because mm. it just starts becoming a backwards and forth and sure. it, it, yeah. it just it, it's defeats Some the Some arguments purpose. are not worth having. Eh? You know, sometimes you use the best arguments when you're silent. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so that's where my heart is at where I say, Lord, mm. this is honestly your child. I mean, as much as it sounds like funny, but I'm just like, this is your child. You mm. deal with them and you deal with their heart yeah. because I, I don't have the capacity to, to do that sure. in that moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so from a theological point standpoint, there is so much that has been said lately on social media. There's been so many good preachers around it. And, and it goes so deep. It really does go mm -hmm. very deep. And, and the scriptures are very clear about how wrong it is mm -hmm. Um, that racism is is mm. not acceptable, you know, mm. and uh, so we're not we're not going to delve into that at all. Mm. But um, maybe we'll put something onto at the end of the session that people could go to different sites to go and yeah. listen to some really good preaching yeah. around the subject. But Lindor, just um, from your point of view, tell me about why you would say that um, racism is not in the kingdom. It's not of the kingdom. So racism is not part of God's kingdom because in the word of God, God does not promote racism. He promotes love. Yeah. He encourages us to love each other. Wonderful, yeah. So racism is not part of a kingdom. Mm. Racism is part of our sinful nature. That's sure. what I can say. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Julie, do you want to and add to that? Just to add to that, I think we, when, we, when we look at the journey of Jesus throughout the mm. Bible, we see him sitting with the least desirable people. Yeah. And, and the people, some people who think that they are the ones that should be desirable yeah. are an absolute horror and shock horror at that mm. as well. And you see him sitting with prostitutes and touching the lepers as well, where you, you're never meant to touch the lepers. You know, like he. Me. I mean, <laughs> you see him at the well with the Samaritan woman and yeah. th there's so much power and depth. I mean, there's so many other instances where he is bringing people together and in that he's showing us that that's the heart of what the kingdom looks like. That's that it. is what we should be chasing after yeah. to call in and to bring together those that are left out and those that yeah. are 
are not included and to include those people in the kingdom. Yeah. So 100% racism is not of the kingdom. God does not back racism no. and I do not back racism yeah, either. Good. <laughs> good, well done. Well, thanks guys. We're, gonna, we're probably going to do a second session. But um, yeah, just uh, to end off, we have one father, we are all one family, and there is no separation within the family. Jesus wants us to love one another and to love our brothers and sisters as we love ourselves That's, and love our neighbors the same way. You know? so, so Jesus is amazing how he just represents love so beautifully to us and he, he's calling us to that standard, not to any other worldly standard, mm. but a standard that is way higher. And uh, we, we called into that as family. So, we're going we're gonna to stop there um, and we're going to end off in a prayer and then we're going to do a second session and uh, we'll let you know about that in the near future too. So, Father, I thank you for just your beautiful kindness, your love towards us, your peace that has been upon us. I pray, Lord, that, that this conversation would not end, that we would continue to have this kind of conversation with one another, that we might get to understand the way that you see us so that we too can see each other in the same way. I thank you, Lord, that we are drawn into your family as one. And Lord, I, I just thank you for Lindo and Jilly, for their vulnerability, for their honesty, Lord. And, and I thank you that we as a people will be the answer to the world because we carry you. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your story if you've been encouraged by this episode. You can connect with us on Facebook or leave a review on our podcast.